0: So let's take our Bibles tonight, if you have them, and uh, I found out this, you can either turn to Philippians chapter number four, or you can scroll to it, scroll down to your Bible. I'm not asking how many are scrolling tonight. When I say hold your Bible way up high in the air, I got people with their phones and their their iPads and everything that they're holding them up there, and uh, hey, it's still got the word of God. And uh, I'm so thankful for it. It wasn't always in a leather bound. Some, a while ago they had to scroll. It was a scroll. And uh, so they're just getting back to it. And I was told one time, do you know this, that, uh, that Moses was the original one, that he, he downloaded his message from the cloud onto a tablet, <laughs> is what I heard. And uh, I've got that written down, so I don't know, what, we haven't come too far in a matter of 6,000 years that uh, Moses downloaded from the cloud onto a tablet, and I think that's what most preachers are doing today anyway, is downloading onto a tablet. But uh, Philippians chapter number four, let's get done with that fool. Foolishness, and uh, let's get into the scriptures tonight. Starting in verse number six, Philippians chapter number four, verse number six, the Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received... And heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content." I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And let's read verse number 13 together. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Let's read it one more time. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. That's not going to be our text verse. We'll eventually end up there this evening as we look at this passage of Scripture. But I want to come back where the Bible says in verse number 11, those last four words of verse number 11 where he says, therewith to be content. Therewith to be content content with the help of the Lord for just a little while this evening. I want to preach on this subject matter on committed to contentment. Amen. Committed to contentment. It seems like we live in such a day and age and you know this, you look all around us that the non-satisfactory crowd is growing more and more across our nation. They're not contented with anything. And in fact, and we won't get into the politics of it this evening, but if you think that for one moment, if we just give in just a little bit, that that'll be satisfying to them, and they'll stop hounding us on different areas and different fronts, let me remind us that a liberal crowd is never satisfied. They're never content with what takes place in our Christian lives. But I found out this, it's not just in a matter of politics and it's not just a matter of across our country, but I found out more and more in this subject matter of contentment and really more discontentment that it's creeping more and more inside of our churches and inside of our Christian homes across our nation. And we have the Apostle Paul here that is determined and committed in his heart and life therewith to be content in an unprecedented manner today. You have people that are discontented with the church that they attend on a regular basis. You have marriages that the husband is discontented inside the marriage and you have a wife that is discontented inside the marriage and that's why there's looking and going around and and cheating on one another and adultery and fornication that's taking place across our nation today. You have children that are discontented inside their homes. They're not satisfied with the even the meal that was on their table. They're not satisfied with the newest iPhone that's just coming out because as soon as something else comes out, then they need something else to be able to replace it. They're not content with the youth group at the church because they don't offer enough Coca-Cola down there on Friday night and they're going to go off to another place and get it watered down in their religion and in their Bible preaching. We live in such a day that people are not content just about with any aspect of their life. They're not content with their pastor. They're not content with the meetings that take place at the church. They're not content with the special music. They're not content, you name it, and people are not content with it today. And I found out this, worse than all of that, worse than every aspect of our lives that we can be looking at and we can make that application to ourselves personally tonight I found out this there's a whole lot of people that are not content and they're not satisfied even with the Lord Jesus Christ there's people that aren't satisfied with the salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ has provided for them listen it settled in my heart and my life a long time ago that in Isaiah chapter number 53 where it says that God saw the travail of his soul and was satisfied. And I said if the salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ provided for us on Calvary is enough to satisfy God almighty in heaven, then if God is satisfied and content with it, then guess what? I believe that I'll just be satisfied and content with that which God has offered to us. They're not content with the service that God has placed them in. Oh, I wish I could do that, and I wish I could do this. Hey, listen, everything inside of me wishes that I could come sit down at a piano and be able to sing a nice melody like what was just sang a little while ago. You know why I can't do that? Number one, because I don't have the discipline to learn to play the piano. Second of all, I don't have the voice. I've got a great face for radio, but no voice for the piano to be able to do that. Hey, listen, in, in everything that's around us, it can be our salvation. It can be our service. Listen, never satisfied with where God has us. Now listen, I'm not saying that we need to walk out of here content with where we're at in our Christian life. I understand we're always striving to draw closer to the Lord, but I've determined this in my heart and life that I need to be content with what God has for me. Now, it may not be a church of 5,000 people. It may not be a Sunday school class that's busting out the seams. It may be a little country church somewhere. But if that's what God has for me, and I am right smack dab in the center of God's will, then I need to be 100% satisfied and content with what God has for me. God may have something for somebody else, and that's God's business. That's not my business. I need to be settled. I need to be content. And we look at the Apostle Paul's life. Now listen, Paul was always striving for greater heights. Paul was always striving for another city to be able to get to. Paul was always striving for another continent, another group of believers, another church to be established, another jailer to be able to come to know the Lord. Listen, By no means should we substitute complacency for contentment. Paul was striving, but he said this listen, I have learned therewith to be content with what God has for me. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands tonight on how many of us going through life, listen, whether it be inside churches, whether it be with the man of God, whether it be inside your family, hey, you might be having an argument with your husband and wife right now, and you're just saying, why can't you be more like that lady over there at the office? or why can't you be more like that man that I come in contact with? Why don't we be content with the spouse that God's given to us? Get our heads out of a fairy land and a fantasy vision of what else can be taking place out there and be content with who and what God has for us. And as I look down through this passage of scripture in Philippians chapter number four, I just want to share four simple thoughts about this matter of contentment in our lives. This matter of being committed to contentment. First of all, this attitude of being committed, we see starting back in verse number six, is prepared by prayer. Now listen, he started this entire chapter off, first of all, by thanking God for those co-laborers and partners that are there with him. And then he went into rejoicing. And then he goes into verse number six and says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. Prepared by prayer. I found out in this matter of prayer. Listen, you will never be content if you don't learn to thank God for what you have in your life. We sing it all the time. We sing it up north. It's not just a southern song that I've got so much to praise him for, so much to thank him for. Hey, listen, I walked in here. You say, man, look at this old building. As we walk in, I'm sitting back saying, man, look at this building. Praise the Lord. He knows it up north. This would be wonderful. Hey, we're putting chairs out every Sunday and having people come in. What I'd give to be able to seat 300 people right now. And we've gotten to the point we've lost it in our prayer closets of just spending some time and thanking God for everything that He's done for us. And I believe if we start thanking Him for some things, it'll be committed to contentment in our hearts and our lives. I saw two things in this matter of contentment and prepared by prayer. First of all, I believe that it's prepared and it's inclusive in our prayer life. You may What do you mean? He said, but in everything. Everything. You've read the statement and I have too. What if you woke up tomorrow morning and all you had to your name was the things that you thank God for today? Inclusive. It's everything. Hey, I'm talking about teenager. You might not have liked that ride you had coming to church tonight, but aren't you thankful you didn't have to walk to church? Hey, we got teenagers in our church and starting about 15 and a half, 15 and three quarters, they're telling me about every car they're going to be buying. Here's going to be my first car. It's amazing. They never get their dream first car. You know why? Because they haven't learned to have a job yet and to be able to put some money aside. They can't even buy a soda over next door at the store and they think they're buying a sports car. We've told them for a while. They start talking about that stuff. I said, hey, you just need to remember that an ugly ride's better than a pretty woman walk and I said you just need to learn I said be a little bit thankful for what you do have oh I've got to drive my parents car hey you ought to be thankful in everything and listen he had to learn to be content prepared by prayer, and in our prayers, make sure they are inclusive to involve everything that we are thankful for. Hey, that even means your parents. That even means the jobs that they have to be able to put food on your table. That even means the church that you're able to come to. When's the last time you thanked God that you had a Bible-preaching church that you could come to, young people? Hey, we got young people all over our city, never set foot. They sit there, slouch back if they do come to church, unthankful for it. I'm saying there's coming a day that you'll be thankful for a church that preached the gospel to you. It's inclusive as we're preparing it by prayer. But then I found out this, we ought to identify it too. It's not just a matter of saying, God, I'm just thankful for everything in my life. Hey, the Bible says, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. You say, Pastor, I don't have much time to be able to pray. I don't know what I'd spend more than 10 minutes a day praying. Well, if we'd quit being so general about it and start being specific about it and identify the request. Listen, we'll realize we've got more to thank Him for and more to pray for than we ever realized before and as we start spending more time hey listen we start realizing how good God's been to us just I dare you to spend some time in your prayer closet just thanking God for the things that are around you listen you'll walk out of there saying man I just thank God I got a chair to be able to sit in I thank God that I can go to the dinner table and it's a different chair than what's in the living room and I've got a stove to be able to cook some supper in and I've got a microwave to be able to hook it up hey we'll start thanking God for less leftovers that's right. oh, yeah. and we'll start realizing how wonderful our god has been to us and listen it'll be prepared in prayer this commitment to contentment that's where it all starts hey listen Do you know why i believe paul was so content in his christian life it's because he had a prayer life Amen. Amen. had a prayer life yes, and i thought lord if you'd help us with that But then not only is it prepared by prayer, but starting in verse number 8, we see that it's practiced in the mind. You say, preacher, I I don't understand about that. Hey, your mind's just like mine. Have you found out that all of a sudden you start thinking about something that you really, really want? What can we hit down here? Is it a deer rifle? Is it a new bass boat? Some smiles just went off the face there. Ladies, it's another shopping trip to the mall. May I tell you, have you found out about this, that you can think yourself into anything? Hey, we'll even have good reasons for it, won't we? But the Lord's saying this, hey, before he ever gets to being content, he's saying make sure that you're praying and make sure that you're thinking right. Make sure that you're thinking. He says down at the end of verse number 8, he says if there be any virtue, that word virtue is nothing but voluntary obedience to truth. Voluntary obedience to truth. I found out when we're practicing this in our minds, first of all, it's going to be a focused thought life. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. What if we just stopped with those two right there? Would they describe your thought life this week? You know why we're not content? We can't say with Paul therewith to be content because we think ourselves out of it too often. Well, I don't know why he got a new vehicle. You know, I've, I've been looking at mine. I'm just hearing some things. Well, I saw that. Hey, we got some missionaries here tonight. I know how it was a missionary on the road. Yep. That other missionary pulls on in there and says, Yeah, you know something? Mine's getting up there in miles too. It's about to turn over 75,000. <laughs> I, pro- I probably ought to be looking to, to trade this thing in. I mean, I, after all, I mean, we're going to be on the road. Yeah, yeah. I talked to someone this week. I won't go into the details about it. And they were getting ready to buy a new vehicle. They live in their camper, the missionary out of our church. And they live in their fifth wheel and they travel and build churches. That's all they do is just travel on the road. They started talking and I said, we can talk ourselves into a lot of things. And I said, but I'm talking about being content. Well, but pastor, don't you think we ought to have this buffer set back here in our checking account? And I said, you know something? I said, I don't know one missionary that wouldn't enjoy having the buffer you got in your checking account. And I said, if God's giving it to you, I said, you need to spend it for the work of God. Amen. And I said, now here's the line that I, that I wouldn't cross. And I said, but you need to settle it in your heart and life. I said, but if God's given it, hey, if you can afford this much, I said, then be content with it. Right. And I said, don't just sit here and think yourselves into it or think yourselves out of it, but have a focused thought life that God has given to us. We'll think ourselves into discontentment. And we'll think ourselves out of contentment. You know that's true here in America. All of a sudden you drive by the ice cream shop and you're not content with the supper that you just ate. Not content with the half a pie we have back at the house. We think ourselves out of it. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure. Hey, listen, Paul is saying, get your mind right. And there'll be some contentment in our hearts and lives. It'll be a focused thought life, but then it'll be a faithful thought life. Do You know why I believe God spends so much time on the mind? Because it's, it's sins that take place there that nobody else sees. Nobody else sees. Hey, you can be sitting in church tonight, and while you're sitting at Bible Baptist Church on a Wednesday night your mind could be in the gutter full of sin. It's that simple. You start looking around. You start getting discontent. Hey, why was that said? Why was that song? Why didn't he call me up there to sing There's Usually, probably a good reason. God didn't say to. Man, if we're not careful, our mind will get so controlled. How many of you have thought yourselves into nervousness in a matter of five minutes? Brother, I remember sitting where you're sitting tonight. Getting ready to sign on the dotted line on Friday. I'm telling you, we can get ourselves so worked up in a matter of five minutes. That's right. You're right. And you know all it is? It's just right here. Yes, sir. It's, it's just right there. We do it. Hey, we as pastors do it. I tell you the past, I, I won't tell you for how long. Boy, the devil keeps bringing this thought back saying, hey, you're getting ready. Here's his plans laying out. He just comes back and he said, boy, I'd be careful. Boy, what if, what if everybody just walked out? Then what are you going to do? Yeah, it, bro. That's right. Man, I'm telling you. And it, it'll, it'll get there. And listen, you know the word be careful for nothing? That's not, being, that's not being anxious. That's not worrying. How many of us are experts at just sitting there and wringing our hands because our thought life and we're not content with the Word of God and the promises of God that He's given to us that we can hang our hat on every day? And we get away from it and God's saying, would you focus your mind? Would you be faithful in your thought life? Would you practice this in your mind on a regular basis? Yes. Make sure you're thinking about the right things. Yep. Hey, if, you, if we'd quit thinking we need more, guess what? We wouldn't need more. That's right. Yeah. That's right. If we'd quit thinking that that other woman's prettier than our wife, Quit thinking that's more of a hunk of a husband than what I've got. Well, I'm telling you, it all comes back to discontentment. And Paul has said, I've just learned whatsoever state I am therewith. Listen, a commitment to contentment is prepared by prayer. It's practiced in our mind. But then thirdly, can I say this? It's purposed in our hearts. Now, the problem is, see, sometimes we can get thinking about things and then it starts moving our hearts. It starts moving our hearts. And I read over here as I as I looked at this in verse number 11, he says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am. Therewith to be content. And I want you to see this, that it is something when we start talking about purpose in our hearts, that contentment is not something that comes naturally to us. Even the Apostle Paul, how many would agree with me that Apostle Paul, besides the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest Christian never ever the face of the earth? Wonderful Christian man, wasn't he? He wasn't by nature a content man. Because he tells us in back to back verses, he says, I have learned to be content. And then in verse number 12, he is instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. This matter of purpose in our hearts, even for the apostle Paul, hey, listen, there's some things that Paul had to learn. And you know what one of them was? Be content. And commit your life to contentment. Do you know why that is? Listen, we can be content and we sing the song down here, but I just don't think we mean it. We all start off, I'm satisfied with. No, we're not. We ought to stop right there and go to the altar every time we're singing that. I know down here it's not I'm satisfied with just a cottage below it. Give me a cabin in the corner of glory land. No, it isn't. There's not a one of you or me that are looking forward to heaven and not claiming John chapter 14 that in my Father's house are many mansions. You're not wanting to get there and give me a cabin in the corner of glory land. You're saying I'm satisfied with just a cottage below. No. No. Because we always have to go out and get bigger and get better when God's saying you're just sojourners and pilgrims and aliens down here in this world and we have a home that's waiting for us over there. Hey, listen, when we were with the Rock of Ages, we traveled six different continents, all but Antarctica, country after country after country. Not a one of them did I ever buy a piece of property and build a house in. You know why? Because I had one waiting for me when I got home. And can I say this? We ought not to be real content down here on this earth. There ought to be something purposed in our hearts. I think about it, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I think about it back with Daniel. Hey, Daniel said, Daniel chapter 1, that he had purposed in his heart. Do you know why that was? He knew he still had a homeland, even though we have no record whatsoever of Daniel ever going back to that homeland. He said, I'm not putting my roots down too deep here purposed in his heart it's something that had to be learned yes. But can I say this when we're committed to contentment it might bring us low yes. Yes. he said I've learned how to be abased yes. I wonder this you say well that doesn't that doesn't sound like it's joyful can I say this whether it's low or in luxury yes. Paul knew his fulfillment was not in the things of this world whatsoever. See, we, so, we find so much fulfillment. And I know it. That's good for hey, listen, I walk around our town. I had to do it. I, we had a market days. We had a, a booth downtown on Main Street, shut Main Street down and people walking by. And Hey, I know how young people think today. I told them this, this person comes up and they've got their, their Nike shirt on. They've got Nike windbreakers on. They've got Nike shoes on and an adidas hat and man i called them out for it i said hey i said even i'm wearing a nike shirt and nike shoes i said even i'm coordinated today i said you can't be acting like that boy they found their fulfillment they got such a grin on their face that i just call it out and recognize what they're wearing yeah Yeah. i thought boy how many people find their fulfillment in the things of this world today We wait to put something on Facebook to see how many likes we can get because that's directly tied to my self-esteem. We put it out on Instagram, put it out on Snapchat. I didn't get enough likes on my TikTok video. And now all of a sudden I'm discouraged and I'm depressed. You know why? Because your satisfaction and fulfillment, it's not a matter of whether you're low or you're in luxury that your fulfillment is found in Christ. We're not just content with Christ anymore. Paul said again, godliness with contentment is great gain. You say, preacher, what do we need today? We need a commitment to contentment who God is in our life. I wonder if we're satisfied with Christ. I wonder if, if Christ is really all that I need. All to Him I Are we content in Christ? Hey, listen, it pleased the Father that in Christ all fullness should dwell. That's right. Hey, it pleased Him. There is nothing outside of Christ that we need whatsoever. But are we even content? Or we say, hey, I need all these other things. I just need satisfaction in my life. Well, we're supposed to find it in Christ. Whether it's low or in the lap of luxury, Paul said, I've learned. Yes, sir. That means when he started out, guess what? He wasn't content Amen. with such things as you have. Right. He said, I've learned it over the years that Christ is all I need, yep. all to Him I owe. But then I, I noticed this, and I'll close with this thought. It's awfully powerful in our ministry too. Contentment contentment. He said in verse number 13, and I could spend quite a while on this verse. How many here? Philippians 4.13 is one of your favorite verses in the Bible? Isn't it wonderful? Hey, I love it. This this isn't a trap. I'm not trying to set you up. Philippians 4.13 is a wonderful verse in the Bible. I can do all things through Christ. Now listen to me, which strengtheneth me? There's a difference there, and this is not what I'm going to preach and share a few thoughts out of verse 13. It says, which strengtheneth me, not who strengtheneth me. Do you understand the difference between just changing that one preposition to a pronoun? Where it says, I can do all things through Christ, that thought right there is that which strengtheneth me. When you change that, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. We just took the emphasis off the person doing the strengthening and put it on the person who is strengthened. And the emphasis on that verse is not that we're Superman and that we're supernatural. The emphasis on that verse is the subject matter of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can do all things through Christ. And that thought of Christ working in me, that thought is which strengtheneth me. It's not who strengtheneth me because that puts the emphasis back onto me and my ability to be able to get it done. I'm content with Christ working through me. I notice four things I'll give these to you out of verse number 13. First of all, I see the confidence in that ministry. He says, I can. I can. I wonder when's the last time that God gave us something to do, and we said, well, God, I just don't know if I can do that. Well, God, I just, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to make it through. God, I'm just not content. God, I want something bigger. How many have ever heard this? Hey, listen, if you're not going to be faithful in the little things, God's not going to give you the big things. What we call the big things. That's right. God's saying, hey, if it's in his plan and his purpose, why don't we just be faithful? Because listen, we have the confidence, I can. But then I want you to see the completeness of this. I can, and this little phrase, do all things. All things. Do you understand that there is absolutely nothing that God has ever given to us to accomplish that he didn't think we could do it? Nothing whatsoever. You say, hey, but we're getting ready to do this. Oh, I just don't think that's going to happen. Hey, did God give it to you to do? Then why don't we get it done? Why don't we just go after it? You know why? Because we're not content with the Christ who gave it to us in the first place. Boy, we want the ministry from God, and we want all the prestige of it, but we're not content with the power that he gives to us to be able to accomplish it. I firmly believe that we can get more accomplished for God than what we can even fathom. We've started a prayer meeting on Saturday night at our church. We're not live streaming, so I'm not saying this to build up our church or our people back home that would be watching tonight. I think this past week, I think we had 14 that came out. You say, that's not a very big number. Can I say this? It's been going on for about three months, seven o'clock, every Saturday night. We just meet down front in the auditorium of our church. And I told them this, and don't get offended. I told them this. I said, listen, we are not here to get hung up on your ingrown toenail for praying. I said, that's not what we're here for. I said, when I said, listen, we have a prayer meeting on Thursday night, midweek service, and we're here to be able to pray. We have a prayer list. You email in your prayer list. We'll print it out. If that's where your ingrown toenail goes, then we'll put it on there, and we'll be praying for it. But when we come time on Saturday night, I said, we're praying for the power of God and His presence on our Sunday services. And I said, second of all, I said, we're praying for, and listen, I'm calling it and saying, let's, let's pray for at least a million dollars. And that's what we're praying for. Every Saturday night, we're praying to be able to start on that property next door. Praying God, God, bring it in. And they're already thanking God for it, saying, God, would you bring that in? We know you're going to. Be able to get started on that over there. You say, well, what's taking place? I'm content with the power of God. God gave us a task. And we're going to trust Him. It is His power. It is His provision. And I know that He'll complete the all things that He's given to us to be able to accomplish. I can. The confidence. The completeness. The condition, though, through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. It's not in our own power. Don't you love Ephesians 3.20? Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that dwelleth in us. That's just talking about the Lord. The condition is, listen, we're not content because we're not doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. You say, listen, pastor, I'm not satisfied with this church. I'm not satisfied with any church. Hey, do you, you know something? You almost have to change addresses if you get mad at a church up in New England to be able to go to another church. You're either going to be backslidden and out of church or you're going to change your address and drive an hour to be able to go to another one. They're that far in between. And I start looking at it and saying, listen, you may not be content here. You may not be content anywhere. You may be burning out in ministry. You may be getting discouraged. You may be entering into depression. You know what that is? I read something about 18 years ago now, and this one phrase out of the book has stuck with me, that burnout does not come by working the flesh too hard. Burnout comes by working too hard in the flesh. And we're not doing what God has commanded us to do. We're not doing it through Christ because we're not content with his power and his timing and his placement and his service. But then I finally see the comfort out of verse number 13. We see the confidence I can do all things. That's the completeness of it. The condition, it must be through Christ. But then the comfort of that which strengtheneth me. I'm saying, Lord, can I say this? I, I want to be content with Jesus. I want everything that God has for me and not a bit more. You're right. yes, Amen. Not a bit more. Amen. You say, well, does that mean all of this? I don't know. But I'll say this. I'm going to keep working for Jesus. And when he cuts it off, I'm... I, I'm praying to have the confidence in the Lord to say, Lord, if that's what you have for us. God's put some things in our hearts for our church up north. And I'm saying, Lord, in my heart, this is where I believe you have us, that, that where we'll be in 10 or 15 years. And I said, Lord, if that's where, if that's where you have us, and Lord, help us to be content. Yes, sir. I want to be content with Jesus. Amen. And listen, it's going to start with prayer. Work our way and practice it in the mind. Make sure our focus is right. Make sure our hearts purpose that direction. And whatever the Lord has for you, would you be content? I wonder what it is in our lives tonight. I was praying over the past few days, and I don't know why. We could have gone a whole lot of places in the Bible. But I just wonder if God's speaking to hearts tonight. And there's just some areas of your life you're just not content. It might be at home. It might be in marriages. It might be in families. It might be right here at Bible Baptist Church. Amen. And God may be saying, why don't you be thankful for the church that you have? Why don't you be thankful for the preacher that you have? Why don't you be thankful for the missionaries? Why don't you be thankful? Hey, listen, that you've got a checkbook you can write a check out of to be able to help an evangelist. That's right. Content. And why don't we start tonight if we need to and have a commitment to contentment.